On today's show, it's a viewers' questions special. You've got questions, we've got answers. And this is 30 Minute Music Marketing. 30 Minute Music Marketing. For musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hi, I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Sheldon, and this is 30 Minute Music Marketing, the show for it independent is. artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Thanks very much for watching this on the YouTubes or the Facebooks listening, or listening to it Spotify. as you, you know, go about your business, do the ironing, do the hoovering perhaps, or, you know, you might even be in your car. Please remember to indicate as you... Uh, Especially as you, those in BMWs. As you consume our content. Now, people get better at marketing their music by uh, asking questions. And we they always do. say that people should uh, ask us questions. And we've had a raft, a complete wodge, as we say in the northwest of England, of questions submitted what? by uh, David Osborne. He's a, uh, a music technology student in and around the locale, which is where we are based uh, in sunny uh, St. Helens. Hello, David Osborne. Hello, David. Uh, thank These questions, I think, are absolute gold. And... He a, he submitted quite a few of them, but that's all right. So what we're going to do is we're going to devote an entire episode to your questions, David, because I think a lot of the, the things that he's asking us are going to be relevant for a lot of the people who are listening to or watching the show. And it, it's all about uh, David's a, a very young artist who's sort of, you know, making his, his way, his first tentative tiptoes mm -hmm. into the world of uh, DIY uh, musicianing. So I just think by answering his questions, I think we'll be, uh, we'll be giving a lot of useful information to a lot of our listeners and uh, viewers out there. Out there. You. Right, shall I start? You start. You can be the question master. Okay, Greg. question master. I will be inputting feedback when necessary. Okay, uh, you, you, again, you can, you know, you, you can chip in, old, uh, old Greg, old chum. So, right, question number one. What are the best methods available right now for an, an artist just starting out that will help them to make their first initial fans outside of their own friendship group stroke social media Contacts and remember, friends aren't fans. Friends aren't. That's a good hashtag. Friends aren't fans. That's a good one. That. So, as a uh, artist or musician, you need fans. Uh, another word for fans is an audience. So, if you're trying to gain an audience, the easiest way to do that is to tap into someone else's audience. And if you think about uh, traditional forms of uh, music exposure. If your song is played on radio, radio has an audience, and if your song gets played on the radio, your music is exposed to that audience, and that's one way of siphoning their audience into becoming your audience. It, you know, it, it, it's perhaps mm -hmm. a little inefficient, but but that's sort of um, that's basically sort of how it goes. So the the people in this day and age who have the audiences and and the attention of people are primarily social networks your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your Snapchats, your TikToks. So it's all about um, utilising those platforms and trying to siphon and get the attention of uh, those, uh, people on those audiences to try and uh, move them over to your mm. little part of those social networks. So two things to do, two easy things to do. So to run some form of advert on something like, well, uh, David does uh, hip hop. So I um, think the easiest um, social network that will tick a hip-hop box and which has a good ad product is probably going to be Instagram in terms of demographic 
and yep. the ability to advertise easily on that platform okay. is Instagram. So for David, what I would do Could is... Could we possibly... Because I know we've gone into the Facebook ad campaigns yeah. and stuff like that. Do you think it might be worth, worth us looking at doing something similar on Instagram? Uh, yeah. At some point in the quite future? Quite possibly, quite possibly. But right for him, if, if David's young and he's doing hip-hop, young Facebook doesn't really scan. So, right, yeah, Instagram, uh, run uh, paid... What about Snapchat? Um, I'm not too sure about the ad product. What about the, TikTok? Uh, again, I'm not too sure about the... We'll stick with Instagram. Yes, thank you. OK. Right, just, let, just, let, just... Let, me, let me get my bit out. All right, right OK, OK. And then okay. you can do it. Right, so, for, uh, in terms of Instagram, right, so get your best song, get some sort of video content, so in other words, some form of a video for it, and for as little as a pound a day, Greg, a pound a day, a you can run Instagram story adverts on um, using that music, that video, and then you can either direct people to your Spotify profile, perhaps, mm -hmm. trying to get people to uh, uh, follow you on there or play your music on there, or you could get them just to check out your Instagram bio, so in other words, keep them on the platform rather than trying to send them somewhere else. There's pros and cons of both. We haven't really got the time to, would we, to go into that. Would you kind of say, do you think BBC Introducing is still an outlet? Um, it is, but it's, well, it's... What I'm saying is if you're trying to grow your audience and find a way of retaining and keeping that audience. Yeah. Uh, I was recently played on uh, national radio. Uh, my, uh, my social media audience barely, barely moved. And so, in other words, there was, there was probably hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of people who heard that song. Yes. Did they get off their backside? Did it have any influence over? No. Uh, the live performance that we did didn't increase our social numbers whatsoever. Really? Yeah. And, I've got, and so, in other words, I've got no way of reaching out to those people on radio. No, that's a good point. So, that's one of the disadvantages. If you send somebody over to Spotify, yeah, they might play your song, but, uh, but they might play it once, and then it's like, oh, they've gone now. How do you, how do you get them back? Yeah. So if you keep them, if you get them to follow you on Instagram, then that's a form of permission marketing, and you can maybe contact them again, either organically or through paid traffic again, mm -hmm. uh, on that sort of platform. So again, th those are the, the pros and cons. And of really, both. no one can moan about spending a pound a day. Pound a they? day, eat right. So another. Please eat. say, prove me wrong. Is a pound a day really that? Too much. Even if, well, you know, it's, it's, to be honest, if you're a student at 18, 17, that might be a bit. If you get £2 for your lunch, because the pound bakery, with the pound that you save, <laughs> that goes into your uh, Instagram advert pot. There are ways and means of doing this Compromise. Sort of thing. Right, so, and if you're cash strapped, right, if you've got absolutely no uh, no money whatsoever to run ads, uh, my mate Gary V, yep. he has a, what he refers to as his $1.80 strategy. So he says... Um, leave a comment or my two cents, as people refer to. You know, right. as in oh, my, yeah. I see do that where on, this is on going. nine posts yep. over ten related hashtags. So, in yep. other words, what, what are the ten most relevant hashtags that are relevant to, to your music and your genre of music? So, do that on nine posts over ten hashtags every day. Two cents uh, um, times nine times ten is is a hundred and. And eight so in other words, you've got to put... It's, I, I, I was saying this to uh, midnight, yes. midnight at Six, uh, another one of our hot viewers. Okay. And they're saying that, you know, building an audience either takes time or it takes money. So if you've got if you've got the time and, you, and you've got no money, do it the hard way. Yeah. People like me, I've got absolutely no time whatsoever, so I will run ads and, and, and I will use money in order to, uh, to acquire mm. an audience. 
So there you go. So you really have no excuses. And we will put the in the show notes a, uh, a details with regards to... I'm only to, doing this uh, so I know where to put the details. Gary V's... Well, no, you can do it in the, in the text show notes rather than <laughs> uh, okay, a visual right. overlay, Greg. Right. Just telling you how to do your job. Though. Thank you. It does help. That's quite all right. So there you go. I hope, David, that has helped. Question, Question number one. one. Right, so number two. As an artist, I have just released a lot of material, including an album, an EP and two singles. That's a lot, Greg. It is. And I'm weary, weary or wary, of putting out too much, putting too much out there too quickly. Is radio silence a good thing to carry out right now? And if so, what's the ideal time to end the silence? So, uh, yes, I think you've almost potentially realised your error here, David. There's a lot of, there's a lot of catalogue and not a lot of people to listen to it. So I think you are right in order to take a step back. And what you've got to do now is, in terms of that catalogue of material that you've got, you've got to concentrate on marketing those. But so it's like you were saying last year, in terms of how much new material did you actually create last year? Uh, just one track, which was a... Christmas one, wasn't it? A re oh, I, I, well, actually, yes, that's two tracks. One was a remix, one was a cover. I didn't, didn't write any, any new songs. Last so, year. literally, all of your material last year of informing people about you was not new material. No, it was old, it old material. It was just possibly new ways of telling people about old material. Yeah. It, more, more effective, less exhausting So, yeah. Well. So, I mean, we, I see this a lot. Oh, so we've, we've made an EP, we've put it out there. Nobody's really engaged with it. What do we need to do? Make we need to make some more yeah. new material that no one's going to listen to. It's a vicious circle. So what I would do is, right, out of all the material that you've got, David, how about identifying uh, what you think are the three best tracks on there and um, identify a marketing plan almost as if they were being released as singles because the thing is that nobody nobody knows exactly you know if you if you stumble across a, a piece of music on uh, on social networks you don't know whether it's been released that week or well that's the thing new fans or new audiences aren't going to know anything about what you did with this before because they're new so i think you get a lot of people going oh i don't want to kind of re redo stuff people will be bored of it and it's like well no because you're trying to aim for new people who've never heard it exactly so there you go, that's question number two. So, yeah, he, he does say, what, when's the ideal time to end the silence? So what I would do is... Now. I, no, I meant as in... Oh, go on. ...to stop. David's saying, right, you know, if I'm stopping making new music and, and concentrating on marketing... Yes. ...when do I actually kick off again? Mm, potentially how long's a piece of string. <laughs> but if you, if you leave a reasonable amount of time, so in other words, if you create a marketing plan in order to effectively promote and market those three pieces of music... Maybe. Well, couldn't you say, couldn't you gauge it? Say, for example, you've got stuff on YouTube and you're kind of going, right, I'm going to do some marketing of this old material and I'm going to try and climb to like 5,000 views. Get 5,000 views, then that might be the time to work on something new that's because, one, yeah, that's one way because you've, you know now you have a bit of an audience who will be possibly wanting something new from you. Or you could go, right, six months or 5,000 uh, know, 5, views or 5,000 plays or streams on one of those sort of three singles and then it's the time yeah. to, to crack on. So yeah, you could do it either or. Very good idea. At least that way it's quantifiable. Sorry, Tom. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I hope even I've been of some help there. Well done, Greg, well but, done. You know, Go to the top of the class. I do like to surprise myself. Right, so question number three. Right, what are the best types of suggested content that don't necessarily promote and sell my music, but are appropriate for, in this case, a hip-hop strength rap? Artists. Can I just shock you, Greg? It's about 30 years since I last listened to any, uh, any rap. That doesn't the slightest. Okay, okay, okay. The people, people who are li who've only ever listened to us on the uh, on the podcast will be thinking, oh, he, sound he sounds a lot younger <laughs> than, than that. Right, so... Wasn't it the last I, thing you I, listened I, to? I, I haven't exactly got my, my finger on, on, the, on the pulse the when it comes to this pulse. sort of thing. So what I would say is, in terms of the artists that you like, both maybe megastars and maybe somebody who's a little bit less uh, down the, uh, the, the superstar food chain, as it were, first, right, do some research. What are they doing that you, you, know, that you think is good? What are the themes around the uh, the music and the type of music that you're making are those themes things that you can make content about yourself can i actually because I, I, ironically i do actually work with a couple of hip-hop artists oh right here we go and all right most of them aren't necessarily straight english hip-hop artists i've worked with american french and at the moment nigerian so doing a lot of stuff with afro flavor uh, and uh, dance hall and stuff like that and one thing that this artist has been doing is obviously scrolling through Tinterweb. I don't know whether this I should be recommending this. I, oh, I, well, well, I you, you correct me if I'm wrong otherwise, but basically uh, going through YouTube, finding videos of like, usually there seems to be a lot of people like dancing to the stuff that of this style of music. So he will rip the video off YouTube and because the beats are quite similar, we'll end up putting his music over the top of that and repost it. But at least what he's doing is he's actually including within the description the people who are in the video. Uh, so, and that way it's shared, and we've been kind of getting like 13, 14,000 views on some of this. Or the other way is to do uh, just a green screen video, uh, you know, lip sync video, and doing it that way seems mm. to like this. So what I would say is maybe create content around stuff that means a lot to, to you as a, as a person, as a musician, as an artist. Brian May is the example I always give here. And, in um, he's a friend of the badgers, friend of the wildlife. So he's he's forever badgering people on his oh, social networks geez. about his commitment to wildlife. Uh, I would say create content around your genre, and so if I you're, suppose it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you're if you're no, but if you're into hip hop, right? So what are your favourite top ten hip hop albums of all time? So every Monday yeah. could be right. Well, here's me talking about um, you know. Um, whichever, maybe, whichever Dr. Dre uh, album is your favourite and telling people why. Be, would it be in some ways kind of talk about the well-known names but also kind of go a bit left field and kind of talk about other people that wouldn't necessarily be, you know, someone that you'd immediately thought of. Kind of expand your knowledge on your own genre so you can talk about more things. Yeah. So basically try and identify maybe with potentially whatever resonates with your audience and it may well be that you're throwing out loads of stuff and trying different things on a you know on a, a weekly or a fortnightly basis and there'll be something there that really catches fire and again potentially not even necessarily with your own audience it could well be that you know you reach other people you know if, you, if you're sticking out something on youtube and you've got the uh, the right tags in there it may well be that you find other fans who are you know who are finding you because of the 
the content marketing that you make, not necessarily... Uh... Could you do a live Facebook video and basically encourage people at, to actually contribute lyrics and then you write a song live? Could. No, we're not writing any songs, not for another six months. Okay. Um... Well, we could do that. but And, of, of course, there's the, the, the classic behind the scenes in terms of yeah. all the stuff that goes do into... Do some tutorial videos. You know, if yeah. you're making beats, do that's what I've actually started doing recently. Uh, actually, you'll, you'll appreciate Carry this. Carry on. Uh, I was using Break Tweaker which is that and I uh, did this on Instagram was just doing a, a little thing on sidechain compression it's quite a popular technique for certain electronic people and uh, tag BT in it and he liked oh, it right uh, whoever uh, whoever uh, had um, BT on the, uh, the Greg's <laughs> BT lottery bingo um, I, a drinking game but the, the but the thing what the point is is that ultimately if you are going to use Instagram do like a 30 second 60 second video tag the brands that you've of equipment that you've used and that will get you not you're not trying to appeal to the, the manufacturers you're just using their brand awareness to hopefully share your brand awareness to a bigger fan base and it does work so question four. So I hope that answered question three. Yeah. Uh, right, so number four. Where are the best places to learn about music marketing and where is it heading in the future? So right, obviously well, the, the best well, place here. to learn about music marketing here. It's, subscribe, it's, I had, subscribe. Yes, I had that, that down here. So well done for, for, for getting it. I didn't even read that. Um, my uh, my favourite um, mu uh, marketer is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Good old Gary V. Simply you love that guy. You I do. He has a podcast that he, put, he puts out every day. And, and Gary V will basically give you a kick up the ass and just say, you need to do Oh, he will tell you as he, as he sees it, which, you know, I admire the guy for that. Right, He's like, so, no one's oh, going to do you any favours. Right, so I've got, I've got some uh, uh, reading suggestions. Gary, Vayner, Gary Vaynerchuk's book, Crushing It. That will uh, that will basically that, uh, give you an overview as to how you should be using social networks. Is that available as a free PDF online? No, that's, it's a book. <laughs> is it. it not available online? Uh, no. Some of these it's, people it's they don't if even we, watch. Get, get it as a Kindle. Okay, that's well, what right. do you want. You know, it's I'm a, just talking about. Um, the I would recommend that everyone listen to the show, uh, get a copy of Ari Hurston's How to Make It in the New Music Business. The second edition is out now. This is the first edition. I need to get around to getting the second one. Can I add that to my library when you do get the second one? Uh, yes, of course you can. Thank you. And I would also uh, say that anyone who's trying to build a fan base and then monetize that fan base, Amanda Palmer's The Art of Asking is absolutely fantastic in as to how to build a community of people around your music who really care for you as an artist and who will not only be there for you, but also will be willing to put their hand into their pocket and fund what you do. There's another thing that I mean, I'm just going to, what you, because it emphasizes YouTube. We'll put those in the show notes as well, by the way. Well, YouTube, you can learn anything. But you were kind of like, you were talking about the new uh, Adam Sandler film that's on Netflix that we both think is really, really good. But you were kind of going, oh, the guy who did the soundtrack, and he'd used a Moog or a Moog synthesizer, and Moog had themselves had put a video on it, the composer talking about the music so ultimately we Sheldon was able to learn what they'd use because you found it quite interesting and they you know and it's mostly one synthesizer but the point is is that for most things you can learn a lot of stuff online but it is for you to you know filter out the good stuff and the bad stuff uh yes that was just classic uh, content marketing episode 18 uh of uh, this show we discussed uh, the best free music marketing tools and we discussed yep. our favourite music marketing podcasts there. So if you go to uh, episode uh, 17, in terms of our back catalogue, you can get um, uh, some 
tips and advice as to the best free stuff. Where's it all headed? Um, it's, well, it's all about platforms. It's been social media platforms for about the past 15 years. Now, the platforms change. I think that marketing involves going where people are gathered, yeah, where existing audiences uh, have congregated. So that is social networks. People you know, are there in their hundreds of millions or billions. So mm. as we are small DIY artists, it will be a case of going where people are, trying to utilise those networks and bring yourself to the attention of, of other people where people's attention is being congregated. So in terms of, you know, we're kind of having a bit of a retro trip in terms of music format so suddenly cassettes coming back in for Vin vinyls big we're, we're talking about uh, album releases next week greg okay are we going to have a similar trend with marketing are we going to go back to leaflets um the, you know exit flyering is can still be incredibly uh popular mm. there's a time and a place for, for lots of things so there you go i hope that's answered question number was it four is it four? Is it five? Four. Who knows? Anyway, so uh, we have discussed this in the past, but we'll go again uh, on this yeah. one. How much time should I devote to music marketing each week? As much as you possibly can. I would say I recommend a minimum of an hour, you know, the equivalent of an hour a day. However, if you're doing Gary Vee's uh, $1.80 strategy, I would say that's probably going to take you an hour a day in itself. But the, the thing we always say, Greg, is there's no point spending like two hours a day making music if at the end of the day no one gets to hear it. So you have to have a balance and a compromise. But if you were to do an hour a day, that's seven hours a week, which is almost the equivalent of working one day a week at marketing your music. So I think that's a... That's a that's a fair enough. I think that's the that's the thing. It's almost a bit like uh, in terms of if we take. I mean, if, in this case, David, you're probably mixing your records as you go along, or your beats as you. And in that respect, it's almost like the same. You are effectively going to be marketing as you go along in all aspects because people want to see the behind the scenes stuff. It is you know a continuous continuous even journey, isn't it? So yeah. in that respect, I mean, and this is one thing that I'm starting to do a lot more. It is just every day doing some posts, doing some 30 second videos, some 60 second videos. And and if you kind of get into a routine, you're probably within a couple of weeks of just doing that kind of stuff. It will almost become second it, it nature. Comes, it becomes part of the process. Yeah. And that way then you, you know, people won't even be having to ask the question, how much time should I devote? Because it will be part of the creative process as much as you are actually sitting down playing with your instrument. Yeah. Well, misses. So there you go. Hope that's answered that one. Okay. Uh, okay. Question number six. Is it six? One, two, three, four, five, six. You can always just say next question. Next question. Right. What are the best ways for keeping track on and documenting music marketing? Right. Well, we, we have sort of covered yeah. this, this before, but it can be as simple as a notepad on your phone, even in something like Google Docs. And you can have short, medium, and long term. What you're gonna? What do you need to do today? What do you need to do this do week? Did you do your yearly month? planner the other week? Yes, we had. In fact, did I did I leave that? Yearly I think planner? you did leave it here. Oh right, I'm well, waiting to put it on the wall. Uh, well, and say so you can you can put it on the wall here because I couldn't find it at home, so I had to go out and buy another one. Sorry. Uh, you can use management apps such as Wonderlist or Asana is something that uh, a lot of people like. Both of those are free at, okay. a, at a very basic level. You could just have a spreadsheet, use something like a Google Sheets, and you could even use a spreadsheet for something like how many plays certain tracks have accumulated 
over time, that sort of thing. Although it can be a little bit uh, risky. You can sometimes get caught up too much in what is referred to as vanity metrics as to, you know, how many, how many <coughs> Facebook likes. Which then oh. almost kind of goes down to the path of what we were talking about last week when you're comparing yourself to major artists. Yeah. If all you're looking at is the figures, it probably can get a bit demoralising. Yeah, and you, and you can have 10,000 um, Instagram or Facebook followers and none of those are actually real fans, as it were. So, right, so I hope that's answered that question. So, um, the question, the next question. How do I use information from my Spotify for Artists account to market future releases and my brand in general? What a good question. It is a good question. It is a good question. Uh, unfortunately, disappointingly, there's, there's absolutely, <laughs> there isn't really a great deal that Spotify for Artists can give you. What you can get is demographic data. So you can find out the uh, gender and age of uh, your audience. And you can maybe compare that with some of the demographic data you might get from other social platforms to build up a, a profile or persona of your ideal fan. You can get their location data in terms of cities and towns, and you can find out maybe where your audience is. And again, you can cross-reference that with other... I wouldn't necessarily go exclusively off that because according to my... I was checking this as I was uh, compiling my notes. Uh, according to... Um, uh, my Spotify for Artists profile, uh, Birmingham is my third biggest audience in the country, and that that isn't right. <laughs> I wish all those people from Birmingham were uh, <laughs> coming to uh, our Birmingham show in uh, in April. Yeah, that's a little misleading, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily go exclusively off that. Cross-reference it with the data that you might get from uh, other social platforms. Um, I think the, the best thing you can get is it'll tell you if you've got tracks that are included on playlists both algorithmic and user-generated, what you can potentially do is, if somebody's created a playlist with uh, your music in it, you can see who those people are and you can maybe try and find those depending on their Spotify username. You can see whether that username exists maybe on Instagram or on Twitter or, so, or maybe you know as a blog somewhere on the internet and you might be able to do a little bit of research, hit them up and go, oh, I see you like my uh, my particular uh, music. Do a bit of, you know, get, get a bit of a relationship going and say, oh, if, if you like this one so much, I've got a new one coming out in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, just try and build uh, a stronger relationship with the people who are actually consuming your music. And if they are tastemakers, as in people who are creating playlists that are getting you uh, a, a lot of plays, that's something, that's a relationship that you uh, ideally need to be uh, strengthening and, mm. uh, and working on. So I that's hope, the answer that one. hope that's answered that but one. But yeah, other than, it'd be great if Spotify would allow you to message the people that were listening to your music or the people who followed you on that particular platform, but they don't. Cheers, Spotify. But they, they have an account. You have to have an account to use Spotify, don't you? Yes. So effectively, they do, they already, being able to implement the, the listener to the track, you wouldn't think would be... Well, like I say, it sounds easy, but it could be the, absolutely delicious. Spotify are creating ad uh, products all the time, and what I think will happen is eventually they'll go, oh, you'll be able to message your followers, but guess what? It's going to cost, cost you money. It's going to cost you money. So, right, next question. Should I continue to market old music that I am not so proud of anymore, and the, will the fact that it's still available affect the success of future releases? Oh, right, so we've sort of covered question. the old music, new music things sort of slightly earlier on in this episode. Again, something that might be old to you 
if somebody hasn't heard it, it's going to be new to them, so don't worry too much about that. As for And also, any new music is always going to seem better than the last that's, piece of music. That's just, that's just human nature and the, the novelty and, and newness of, and the freshness of something, making it almost seem better than, than the old stuff. Stuff that you're not necessarily so proud of anymore. The one thing I will say is that your music has to be competitive. If you're putting your music out for digital distribution to go on Apple Music and on Spotify, it's in some respects has got to stand up with everything else that's out there. I mean, obviously, you know, he, we, you know the people out there are going to be listening to uh, listen to this show or make music. And I'm not necessarily saying that you have to, your music has to sound as though it's been recorded in, in Abbey Road and mixed by some of the best mixes in the world. But it, it's got to, in some respects, it's got, it's got to hold its own. If it's in the playlist with your contemporaries, it's got to sonically, That's musically, the thing. If you went to, like, uh, you stand know, on its own two a feet. Football, you know, major like Liverpool football stadium and just saw a load of people who've never played football before kick, you'd be a bit, oh, I'm not coming here again. Yeah, and so, so if algorithmically your track's placed on a playlist and someone goes, oh, not, oh, I'm not, not quite sure about this, then, you know, you maybe have to reflect so You want it to little... stand out for the right reasons. Yes. So, it, I mean, the, the thing that I've done over the years is if there's something I've particularly liked in terms of a song and I've done it once, and I've, even if I've released it, there's, there's absolutely no harm in, at some point in the future, <laughs> doing it again and trying to do it better, either in whatever way, shape or... Didn't, didn't you do a video of a song recently that you haven't done for ages? Or you've done a song years ago and it's only recently that you did a video for it. What was it? Uh, I, I've absolutely no idea what you're talking about. I'm sure you're right. But right, our, our most famous song is, it's annoying in the fact that when we first recorded it, we, it, we recorded it in a very much a half-hearted effort. And it's our, our most, it, you know, most played song on Spotify and whenever radio play it they always play the rubbish version and I've subsequently re-recorded it again and again over the years trying to get it better a little bit George Lucas a little bit like constantly tinkering with Star Wars yeah but yeah it's it, so so don't be afraid if you think all oh, right this this particular song is good I didn't execute it as well as I could have done don't be afraid of maybe even I mean come on how many striking. major how many major artists do we see a remastered version or, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and that is obviously its way of uh, generating revenue, but it's also a way of trying to improve on what went before. So, so don't be afraid of, if you think something is particularly good, but you could do it better now, of, of somehow, you know, remixing it, re-recording it and putting it out. Repackaging it. Repackaging. As for stuff that you might don't think is necessarily up to scratch, well, the first thing we have to remember is like I was saying in that particular instance with the track from, from my back catalogue, is you might not think it's great, but your audience might do. I mean, do you think Disney are really going to be that bothered that no one likes the Phantom Menace? They're still going to re-release that? In a, but, and, 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 you know, that's not to say that you should necessarily d delete everything and, const you know, and constantly trying to improve on something. It, it may well be that you just leave it there and you just create the, the the new remixes as it were you can archive stuff to soundcloud so it's not necessarily available for streaming but it's still available for for your fans didn't we know someone who's, who their idea was to pull all their music off every new platform keep the band name the same and then start again y yes and it's just like so now you've just basically removed all the audience that you built up just because you've decided to have a change of music direction yeah so I, I would say if you think you can uh, do something better, there's absolutely, you know, you can just call it a remix or the, the bracket 2020 version or 2021 yeah. if you're... Uh, or just you're rename that one Demo and put... 
So there you go. So yeah, don't be afraid and don't be ashamed of old stuff because some people may still like it. Yes. And the last question, Greg. And finally, how will current music marketing tools develop in the next five years, 10 years, and even 20 years? Is this an assignment question, do you reckon? I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, even know if I'm going to be here in 20 years. Who knows? Years. I think, again, I think we've, we've almost sort of covered this um, with who? one of our earlier answers. It, again, it's, marketing is all about getting people's attention. So you have to go where people's attention are. And in terms of the way society is now, those are dominated around... Well, the, a handful, you know, half a dozen social networking sites. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I dug out an old CD that came out about 23 years ago. And inside was the card that said, oh, join our mailing list. So you and then you had to, as a listener, pay to put a stamp on it, fill it out and send it back. And you're kind of going in 20 years. That was seemed 20 years ago. That was seemed, you know, perfectly normal thing to, to do. And then, you know, you were having the cost as a band to print all that out. Hope people would send it then have to kind of go through it and stuff like that. And I don't think any of us could have said 20 odd years ago that social media would have been created and give, have, have the tool that it gives you. So to kind of go another 20 years from now, who knows? Who knows? So social media, whichever you know forms are around at that particular point in time, they will still play a part. But what will also play a part and has been evident right from the start, uh, I've got down here your website, which is your headquarters. Uh, it's, it's property and land that you own. Yeah. It's home base. It's where everybody can, can go if they need to know anything about you, whether it be, you know, gig dates, um, uh, information, all that sort of thing. It, it's it's your it's your headquarters, and you also need a way for you to contact your fans directly without those pesky social networks getting in the way and obviously wanting money. Just remember what to happened to MySpace. And that is referring back to what you said before. That that's a mailing list. Yeah. So if you start accumulating fan emails uh, over over the years, you've got a, a means and a way to easily contact your audience without anybody else well that's the thing the because ultimately you know something will inevitably replace facebook at some point or facebook and, will be broken up by yeah. some sort of federal committee because and, it's got and, too much power you know are you are you wanting to have to restart that momentum again at least if you've got a mailing list from your website you can just you know encourage those people to connect with you on that new form of social media Yes, indeed. Uh, right, so that's that. Th thank you for those questions, David. If you've, I've got a big wodge, of, call it hashtag wodge of questions that you want us to uh, to uh, give our thoughts and opinions and answers on, please get in contact with the show. Um, message us on any one of our social media channels. Do we that... need to stop putting our own Twitter feed or Instagram stuff? Because I've seen that in a lot of videos. Ah, uh, well, uh, we can stick. Your uh, oh, you don't go on Twitter, do you? No, maybe well, I do. So, so, oh, brilliant, brilliant. So uh, you. I just, will go on Twitter. Oh, yeah, but what's he like? I know, but I'm. Hang on. So uh, yeah, please subscribe. Hit the smart sub subscribe. Smash that bell. Whatever. Leave a comment underneath wherever this video Share is it with your friends. Um, uh, next uh, in the next episode, we'll be talking about album releases and how to execute those in the year of our Lord 2020. Anyway, so, so, if, you, so if you're releasing uh, an album soon or you're thinking of going to be releasing an album, lots of things to think about and various different ways to do it depending on where you are in your artist career. So hashtag Music Marketing Mondays. Have a good week. As long and as you send it to me on Monday. Report. Yes. Are you at your last week? And we will see you same time, same place next week. Cheers. Thanks for watching and listening. Ta-da!